Hello. A couple quick warnings for you, howlers, before we get started here today. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising universe. Today, we will also be speculating on Dark Age. So, if you don't want to know anything at all about Dark Age, not your podcast. Go away. Where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, email howlerpod at gmail.com. That's spelled H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. And don't forget to rate and review or else I will send the Dark Age after you. Woo! Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> and now, HowlerPod. None know the weight, the fear, the anger, the ambivalence, the pride, the love, the disgust, the disappointment, the hope, and the utter frustration of ruling over billions of souls. I thought I could rule wisely, but wisdom has less to do with rain than does sacrifice. Octavia lost her daughter. If I lost my son, could I carry on? Hello! Howlers, welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Yeah, yeah. I'm your host, Ben Reinert. As always, I am joined today by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. We are here... To talk about Dark Age. Dark Age. <laughs> I'm more like, uh, Dark Age? <laughs> okay, sure. It's uh, our theories, suspicions, hopes, dreams, fears. Regrets. Regrets. <laughs> Maybe regretting getting into this. <laughs> we'll see. Yes, so rampant Dark Age speculation coming up next. Right now. So let's load up the star shell and shoot straight into our Dark Age preview episode. Woo! All right. We're going to read the official description for Dark Age to start because there is some juicy stuff in here that we're going to start with and break down. Some hot gossip. Hot goss. For a decade, Darrow led a revolution against the corrupt, color-coded society. Now, outlined by the very republic he founded, he wages a rogue war on Mercury in hope that he can still salvage the dream of Eo. But as he leaves death and destruction in his wake, is he still the hero who broke the chains? Is he? Or will another legend rise to take his place? Cassius? <laughs> Lysander, Alun, the heir in exile, has returned to the core, determined to bring peace back to mankind at the edge of his sword, he must overcome or unite the treacherous gold families of the core and face down Darrow over the skies of war-torn Mercury. Bum, bum, bum. But theirs are not the only fates hanging in the balance. On Luna, Mustang, sovereign of the Republic, campaigns to unite the Republic behind her husband, beset by political and criminal enemies. Can she outwit her opponents in time to save him? Yes. Once, she's bae. <laughs> Once a red refugee, 
Young Lyria now stands accused of treason, and her only hope is a desperate escape with unlikely new allies. Who are they? Abducted by a new threat to the Republic, the children of Darrow and Mustang must trust in a thief for their salvation, and Ephraim, said thief, must look to them for his chance at redemption. If he doesn't bleed out, <laughs> which I'm surprised he doesn't. You must find a yellow. As alliances shift, break, and reform, and power is seized, lost, and reclaimed, every player is at risk in a game of conquest that could turn the rising into a new dark age. Okay, Aaron, what did we learn from this short description? So it sounds like we are jumping again. And if you remember, every book has small to large time leap. Obviously, Iron Gold, we had 10 years. Two years between... We had two years to Golden Sun while Darrow sneakily trained with Lorne. And then we had... One year to Morningstar, right? We had Darrow in a box before Morningstar. Yeah. So those were small leaps, and then we had the 10 years. So I think we're having another leap. We don't know how long, but we are speculating that Pierce wouldn't say they're fighting on Mercury if we don't like start the book on Mercury. Yeah, I'm wondering if it starts the book there, or maybe we pick up with the other points of view before we go to Darrow. You know, I like see, yeah. maybe we start with Ephraim and Lyria's stories let them go for a few chapters and then we jump into Darrow on Mercury and it seems like Lysander's already back in the core by the beginning of the book. Yeah, he somehow has already gotten all his rim gals and pals. I bet he doesn't come with the full strength of the rim at first. I bet it's like him as an envoy with some rim people with him, probably Serafina, I'm sure. Because he lives here. Well, he's probably, he's going to be talking to Atlantia, I'm sure. So. Well, I wonder, at the end of Iron Gold, we leave Darrow going after Atlantia. So I wonder if if that's another behind-the-scenes thing, kind of like we had at the beginning of Iron Gold. I'd kind of like to see that, though, the Atlantia-Darrow showdown. Oh, I'm sure we will. So yeah. I guess... Maybe we jump right in there. That's what, yeah. I would assume it's going to jump in with like Darrow in the thick of it with his forces on Mercury fighting Atalantia. Mm-hmm. And she maybe gets away or something. I'm sure she's probably dominating him if he's because he's coming from behind. She's already basically to Mercury because the asteroid's like she left here. Right. And I wouldn't tell you. It was already it w- if you could do anything to change it, you know. Plus, Darrow doesn't have an army; he just has a ship with like half of his fort. Er, right. Most of his OG howlers already went back right. to Luna, so he's got Orion and Alexander. Harnassus. Well, he's got Orion and Harnassus are still at Mercury. Okay. So he's got like half of his forces are at Mercury. That's the right. other That's half right. got called back to Luna by the Senate because they're stupid. And they right. thought that Darrow was going to attack Luna. So they, because they're dumb and reactionary, called back half their army. And then Atlantia went from Venus back to Mercury to, to fight claim with, Mercury. Yeah, to get to fight uh, okay. Darrow's forces there. So, so I feel I like Darrow's going to be playing catch-up. And then he's going to be like, 
trying to re-rally an army that's probably kind of on the cusp of getting beat already. So the question is like where like where's the time jump and where do we hop in? Yeah, I'm just that's I'm interested to see how much of a time jump we get, whether it's very long because like I said, like we had talked about, there's pretty lo- decent time jumps between each book, but it seems like this one's going to be a little bit closer. It's going to be like kind of if you Force Awakens to Last Jedi, it seems like it's going to be like like that <laughs> where Nerd. it takes place like <laughs> right afterwards. <Excuse> me. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have. Darrow versus Lysander over Mercury. Yes. That sounds fucking epic. I I can get on board. I'm not super pumped yet. You're not super pumped for that? Well, I'm still not like fully on board with Lysander. Right, but I'm just saying like him going up at, like in in a war against Darrow is going to be pretty Well, I kind of want Darrow to just like slap him across the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I don't think Lysander's going to be much of like uh, a fighter like Darrow is, but he's going to be more of a leader from the back and probably very good strategically. I mean, he, like, he was raised and trained in war by the Ash Lord and Aja, which two of the best. And he apparently has a flawless memory, except where his mom's concerned. <laughs> it's very specific. Okay, so... so Ben's Pumped for Darrow versus Lysander. I mean, Mercury. I feel like that's gonna be pretty sweet. It's all gonna be super sweet. It sounds like we might get an Iron Rain the other way, instead of Iron long Rain. <laughs> Iron Rain. I haven't got to sing that in a while. <laughs> what if we get an Iron Rain launched at us instead of launching the Iron Rain? That would be kind of interesting to see. We could see the inverse. Right. Then we don't shit our suits because we're solidly <laughs> on the ground. Well, we're shitting our suits as like. A million No, because the, the G-forces are what make you <laughs> shit your suit, not the fear. We're not pixies, Ben. Okay, so next up, it talks about Lyria's new allies. Right. Unlikely new allies. Right. Do so you think we know who this is, or do you think it's new people? I'm guessing it's got to be new characters. It's got to be somebody within the Barca household, right? What if it's like... Several or something, or one yeah, of I did think about one that one of too. Victra's other daughters. Yeah, their younger daughters, maybe. Uh huh. But they would still be. They would probably be like you know, like six or eight years old. So that would be kind of because uh, Electra is like what ten, eleven, or something like that. She's yes. got to be ten. But they're already like little monsters. So don't you think? Yeah. They'd be fully capable at six to like. You know, hatch an escape attempt or something. I'm wondering if it's somebody like, what if it's like Severo gets back and it's like Clown and Pebble or something like that. That would be kind of interesting, I feel like. Oh, yeah. See them go off on their own. My guess is that it's new characters, probably lower colors from within the Barca household. Definitely not the brown who stabbed her in the chest. Right. With a sedative, I assume. We don't know that it's a sedative. Right. But it has to be. And then there's really not too much info on Ephraim and Hatchet Face and Half Breed. <laughs> <laughs> the best nicknames. <laughs> Old Half Breed. It's pretty much exactly where we left them off in that description. They're, well, they're they're spiraling, and Ephraim's right. legit, like almost dead because he's bleeding from so many places. Yeah. I'm surprised he's even. Uh, point of view. He's got to be dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll hold on to him for a little longer. Yeah. Seems like they're going to crash, get out of the ship, 
and then sneak out into like the Luna underworld and have to figure it out and rely on Ephraim to make it make it out of there. He'll probably be comatose, but sure. Yeah. Well, obviously something is going to <laughs> come along. I just think you're relying on Ephraim too much. <laughs> He's like almost dead. That's at this literally point. what the description says is they have to rely on Ephraim. <laughs> <laughs> so. You believe Pierce too much. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Touche. That makes sense. So, Ben, next up, what can we learn from the title Dark Age and possibly from the cover of the book? Yeah, so there was one thing. There's a really good Reddit post about this that has a really kind of deep dive into all the times that the words Dark Age or kind of references to a Dark Age are made in the book. And that was from Double Dean Tandra, username Double Dean Tandra. I want to give him credit because it's pretty cool. There was one quote that I really like. It is right at the end. It's right at the end of Morningstar. It's Roke's appeal to Romulus and the Raws when they're in the same room with Darrow and at Mustang. The table. Yeah, and they're doing that like final negotiation or whatever. And the quote is from Roke, and it says, "We are Oriat." My brothers and sisters, we are the order that protects mankind. Before us was a race intent on destroying the only home it had ever known, but then we brought peace. Do not let Daryl manipulate you into bringing back the dark age that came before. They will purge all the wonders we have made to fill their bellies and sate their lust. We have a chance to stop him here now. We have a chance to unite once more as we were always meant to for our children. What world do you want them to inherit? I feel like this, like Lysander, is going to be saying a lot of those exact same things that are being said right there. Yeah. That's basically... definitely on that side of history. That's basically Lysander's appeal right there. Yeah. And uh, I just thought that was kind of an interesting place where the title, like previous titles have popped up in the books before. And so it's kind of interesting to see where Dark Age pops up in the book. I would definitely go check that out that post out you could also think historically to uh, our very own dark age true and i assume pierce is referencing that dark age when he titled the book (laughs) 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 which makes me worried for all the people that i love yes barbarous and violent and i mean what if we all get marooned on our own planets oh wow i didn't think about that what if we run out of H3? <laughs> you know, what What if we all have to move back to Earth? We don't know. <laughs> that would super suck. That'd be a big move. <laughs> there probably isn't room for everyone. <laughs> Just well, speculating. Considering like half of Earth sounds like it's like radioactive still. They've got ocean deep grave They've got ocean places. prisons. Yeah, we'll all hang out down there. Yeah. hang out down there okay so that was the description and what we could kind of learn from that uh what's been given to us there with that description you know what Uh speaking of the cover which we didn't talk about right have you seen the like special edition cover that has a black the edges of the pages are black and there's an inverse white snake oh really Dude, it is sick. (laughs) I saw it. It was like on sale in England, but I couldn't find out how to buy it. 
but it it's <laughs> looks like really fucking cool. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. It's it's really cool. You we'll have to post that on the on the gram. Yeah, it was it was hashtagged uh Road Rising. That's how I saw it, but nice. I'm not sure who posted it. Okay, now that we know the description, let's move on to the big questions. The big question singular. <laughs> well, we've got the multiple. The biggest question is <laughs> is Cassius alive? Okay, so let's talk about this. I feel like it's a foregone conclusion at this point that he's alive. I think we've all jumped on the he's alive train. So if he's not, we're all going to be really confused. I just feel it would be really bad storytelling if he wasn't alive. And Pierce is a great storyteller. He's not a bad storyteller. So and I feel like he gives us what we want. Yeah. Also, I was watching an interview with Pierce just the other day, and he was talking to a dude about Iron Gold. And the guy just like straight up asked him if Cassius was alive. And Pierce's body language got very, very defensive, like immediately. He was just like, like he was flexing across his arms and he was just he like, was flexing. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you. And uh, it's, it seemed like he was being very coy about that entire situation. So maybe Pierce, he doesn't need to work on his writing. He needs to work on his acting. <laughs> well, I think like if you know how stories work, you know that Cassius is alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about why we think he's alive. Basically, I mean, very important character, right? And Ben's favorite character, so he has to be alive. We've got to assume we're being led astray just based on the circumstances of his quote-unquote death. Because... <laughs> death. <laughs> if Cassius is really going to die, we all should have had... And a huge emotional moment, not had a situation where we're like, huh? What? Is he And, is and he we're alive? like living it through Lysander. Yeah. It's bullshit. <laughs> so that's the first point. Yes. Second point is that he was taken into the protection of the extremely honorable Diomedes and the Olympic Knights. Right. And then Diomedes was like, what the fuck, bitch mom? You can't. You can't keep going. He beat Bellerophon, like, stopping dishonorable. Yes, and I love that she said back to him, like, this is your fault. And it's if like, you would have ended this in the first place, this never would have happened. Yeah, no, he's being honorable. Well, Diomedes he's is a better cool swordsman than Cassius, though. Yeah, but he's, he's like, he's our guest. I'm following the rules. Right. If we don't follow the rules, no, who's yeah. going to? I love Diomedes. He's, he's like... Uh, the most honorable dude on the rim, for sure. Okay, so he's under the protection of the Olympic Knights. Like we talked about, Diomedes objected to him, even the sham of the trial anyway. And then the person that came and talked to Lysander was Ore, the pink, who Diomedes like, clearly like looks up and down as she's like serving them at dinner. And Lysander makes a note that, oh, he likes her. And I shouldn't have seen that. Hopefully yes. nobody else did for right. Diomedes' sake. Uh, but it seems like he clearly has like a relationship, kind of like a Roke-type relationship with a pink. With that pink yeah. who betrayed him. Yeah. Even you? 
hilarious. What was her name? Fuck Roke. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we feel. <laughs> this time around, at least. Uh, okay, so he sent Ori. She is the one that told Lysander. So she's a confidant of Diomedes. There's a lot of things that we can take from this. So Very trusted person. Right. So either I think there's two ways this could go. Either Diomedes and the Olympic Knights like helped Cassius either escape or they moved Cassius out of wherever they are um, to protect him. And then he's with them no longer there. They've acted like he's dead to throw off Dido and everybody else. Or Cassius being a motherfucking badass <laughs> just <laughs> escaped on his own. Oh, I haven't thought uh, about that. And Diomedes is covering it up in order to keep Lysander where he's at. Because they don't want Lysander to do something stupid. If he knows that Cassius is alive, he's probably going to try and help him. Well, yeah, and he could fuck up Diomedes' plan of protection. And don't forget, Lysander says, can I see the body? And they're like, nah, these people stole it. That seems very fishy. They said Bellerophon's buddies, like his his bros from back in the day. His were, frat bros. Yes, were pissed. Frattards. <laughs> they were pissed that Bellerophon got fucked up by Cassius, and they stole his body, and they're going to take it into the dust and, like, and like piss on probably it. Probably pee on it. <laughs> what they don't know though is he's already been peed on. Right. Can't pee you on. You can't him a be time. peed on twice. <laughs> And they don't get to win Primus of the Week because we don't know their names. <laughs> yeah. So have w- this, you- isn't a, this isn't a UP on someone you win week. <laughs> this isn't one of those. You got to have a name to, to win Primus of the Week. Yeah. So I think those are our, our two options right there. Like either Cassius escaped himself and Diomedes is probably like covering it up. Also, you got to remember at this point, everybody knows that Lysander is a loon. So that just makes everything way more complicated with Cassius. Right. Because at first they thought he was a Bologna. And they were like, which one are you? Mm -hmm. And Ben can't go on living, I think, if Cassius (laughs) (laughs) is no longer in the books. No, we got to have. So we need need his boyfriend. (laughs) Pierce will not let us down. And he will give us a truly heroic Cassius moment. He's one of the few people that's just like truly honorable in this entire story. Uh, that's on, he's on the fence. I mean, he's not honorable in a lot of it. I don't know. He's like one of the few people that's like truly heroic. I feel like, but he's still on the wrong side of history when he's like allowing Aja to like cut down children and stuff. Yeah, but he's doing all that because he doesn't have a choice. I don't know. I wouldn't say he's truly honorable. I think he thinks he's honorable. And I think that he... He doesn't have a choice in a lot of that, though. I think he he does have a choice. He did. He made his choice <laughs> at the end of Morningstar. Ben is so mad at me right now. <laughs> I'm just... I don't think Cassius is the good guy. I think he's in this world of gray people. One of the people with, like, the most honorable hearts in the entire book he's trying and that's all we can ask from him oh, fine 
We're all just trying. We're our fighting best. now. <laughs> We're trying our best. Are you still coming to my birthday party tomorrow? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right. It's let's, not my birthday. Let's um, move on to the next big question. Okay. Who, drumroll, is the syndicate queen? Mm, this is, we've got a lot of candidates here, so I'm just going to go down the full list. And these these are the ones we've heard the most. So yeah. these might not be some you've heard, but these are just all things I've heard thrown out there. They're interesting. We'll talk about them kind of one by one. We've got Sefi, Atalantia, Evie, Harmony, Theodora, Victra, Quicksilver, Lilith, and the most ridiculous of all, EO. I've seen thrown out there by a lot of different people. It's kind of fun, but yeah, EO, I'm just like, <laughs> are you smoking crack? <laughs> she's definitely dead. Here's my point of why of she's definitely dead. Not only was she mm-hmm. hanged, which people are like, well, Daryl was hanged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no shit. Do you know what else happened to EO? She was buried in the <laughs> ground by Darrow. And right. so if she wasn't dead, she's suffocated to death. <laughs> yeah. So either way, she's dead. And we know that the syndicate queen came to power within the last 10 years. Yeah. Like, for sure. It's not like EO's been flitting around this whole time. We know that the Syndicate Queen came to power in the last 10 years of this like power vacuum after Sovereign got killed and there's all the destruction and warring on Luna. That's how the the Queen came up. So we've got these options also just operating, uh, or well, just uh, talking about things that have been, were mentioned in Iron Gold. The Republic was operating under the intelligence that it was a red woman. So there's your EO theory right there uh, for more than a year. And then Ephraim says that he had heard it's an obsidian, a female obsidian warlord from Earth. Well, when he's sneaking through the Duke of Hand's place, he overhears people talking about like who it is. They also think it's an obsidian. Because she's like coming to pick up the kids and they're like, I heard it was this person. Yeah, they're talking about her boobs or something. Yes. Yes. What if it's a man? It's, it, could, it definitely could be. I think the most probable candidates, in my uh, opinion, are Atalantia, Evie, or someone like Quicksilver. I could also see Lilith is an interesting one. That one I read last night for the first time. Cause her, Cause she had an off-screen death. Had an off-screen death, yeah. She had a ship that crashed into Luna. And if we're following our own theories about Cassius, we have to speculate. Right. She's the one with bones in her hair, right? Yeah, she's the jackal's like right-hand woman. <sighs> she's creepy. She's the one that showed up in Red Rising with the cube and was like looking all creepy. And she was like, hey, Cassius, got a hollow cube for you. I'm fucking weird. And she's like not blinking. And everybody's like, Lilith, you're fucking weird. And they're like, Lilith, blink. Your <laughs> your eyes are getting really dry. You have to blink. You're scaring us. <laughs> yeah. I she, really. She smoked some shrooms <laughs> as a baby. I know most people, a lot of people are really on the Cephi train. And I just don't. I'm not. I really, I don't get it. I mean, I, I get it. She didn't go from like not ever talking, living on the ice to like running the super secretive. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see her as a, as enough of a schemer. And she's busy. Right. Well, yeah, she's been warring. She's been with Darrow, and she's 
been busy doing the Iron Rain and running the Obsidians. I know we don't know exactly what she's been up to, but I don't think that that means that she's been running a crime organization. I uh, also just, I think it's someone who grew up like in the society. I do too. I don't think you can run the crime organization growing up like on the ice. Yeah. No offense to Seppi, but right. you don't have those same connections. True. And I just don't think that it's, it's, I don't know. I just don't think it fits her character. And yeah. She's, she's honorable talking about honor. She's honorable in her own way. And I, I just don't see it being like a crime syndicate, you know, like mastermind. I think this takes a lot of, a lot of planning, obviously a lot of like masterminding and that kind of thing. Also, I feel like the syndicate, and we'll get into this a little bit later, I feel like the syndicate is working with the society. And so we know that I feel like it's a definite that Sefi would never, ever work with the society. Like she would definitely never work with golds. Right. Ever. And so to me, it seems like there's a lot of clues that the syndicate and the society are working together. So that leads me to believe somebody like Atalantia is, is kind of running both operations. One thing, too, to add to that list, someone I saw on the internet was also thinking it could be Dancer. Yeah, I, I saw what that, What do you think too. about that? I I don't. Uh, once again, I feel like the syndicate is working with society, and so I just don't ever see Dancer yeah, cause he's working with gold. First and foremost is for yeah. Mars and for the Reds. He's just a straight-up socialist, and that's fine. He loves his people. Right. And he works for them, and he's only going to care about reds and the low colors basically and that's just dancer's role do you think the syndicate queen is someone who wants to hurt the kids or do you think that's like to throw them off your trail you know what i mean part of a a larger grander conspiracy because like if hatchet face and half breed were I don't know. They, I feel like they were like stolen, but they weren't harmed at all. Maybe this syndicate person is someone like Theodora or someone who does care about those families, sure. but is still trying to sway the, the way the world's turning. Right. I see it as a grand conspiracy between the society and the syndicate to throw the Republic into disarray. So we'll, I'll get into that whole theory a little bit, a little bit more. I personally, I think there's a pretty good chance it's a new character too. Okay. So I, I, I wouldn't put it past Pierce just to have a new character. I like the idea of mystery behind the Syndicate Queen, but I don't think it needs to be somebody we need to we know already. Right. I don't think it needs to be somebody we know to work for the story. It definitely can be a new character. A well, new it might character. even make more sense if it's someone we don't know. Right. I agree. Like the Duke of Hands, we didn't know, and yeah. he was great. So that's there's some interesting theories there. I haven't seen any any that I truly love. I think my favorite's probably Lilith. Uh, oh really? But I, I I don't know. We'll talk about who who we think our our final predictions are a little bit later. Let's move on to our next big question. Bum bum bum. Aaron, who are? Who are the Gorgons? Gorgons? Gorgons. 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 I think in Kansas we say Gorgons. 
The Gorgons? Gor- <laughs> Gorgons? <laughs> but I assume the R8 say Gorgons. 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 Yeah, I think it's Gorgons. Um, so the name of the Ash Lord's lair where he gets burned alive is called Gorgon Isle. Can we also talk just real quick? Gilligan's Island. No. No. <laughs> How James Bond uh, that the lair was the Ash Lord's Island Fortress lair is. Do you think he was sleeping Pierce's with? Gotta eight- be a James Bond fan. Do you think that the Ash Lord was sleeping with eight thousand women and definitely <laughs> has a venereal <laughs> disease like James Bond? <laughs> hey, James Bond was not hanging out layers. James Bond doesn't have layers. Bad guys have layers. Well, Batman has a lair. He's a good guy. That's some, true. Most of the time. He has a cave. All right. <laughs> anyway, it's very James Bond. We talked about this with the Jackal. He also had a very James Bond-esque yeah. well, the Jackal's bad guy hangout. Lair, that, was, that was one I would live in, like on top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. I would live there. I don't know about Gorgon Island. It's kind of interesting. It's just kind of funny. Anyway, so that was something that I picked up on the reread of Iron Gold. His fortress lair, his island fortress lair is called Gorgon Isle. So therefore, my speculation is the Gorgons are with Atlant- Atlantia. Slash the Ash Peeps. Ash Peeps, yeah. The Ash so Lords peeps. Also, think about this. On the spine of Dark Age, so on the book, like on the book cover, we, spine. We know what a spine is. The Ash Lord's seal is right there. The skull candy. Yeah. The skull with the crown <laughs> of ash or whatever. I feel like... They're gonna and come back hard in this book. By the way, if you if you haven't been keeping up with Pierce's post, he said in a comment when he said no one guessed the cover, and then he was like, Clearly you haven't met the Gorgons yet. Right, because he had you said Gorgons again. Uh <laughs> Gorgons. <laughs> he said yeah, he had a contest for like who could uh, who could guess what was on the cover, the cover. of the book. And nobody was able to guess it that it was snakes. And he goes, Because you haven't met the Gorgons yet. So that's why we're talking about who are the Gorgons. Yes. We probably should have explained that to start. Well now we did. Yeah. Perfecto. Anyway, so I feel like we've got some context for Gorgons from the Ashlord's Fortress Island Fortress Lair. Uh we've got the Ashlord's seal on the spine of the book. Also, I did a little bit of Wikipedia research wow last night did you cite it yes i've got actually (laughs) there is a link in our outline good job ben you get an a plus cited my source uh mls style or whatever that's called mla mla yeah wow uh (laughs) it's been a while since i've been in college give me me. a break (laughs) (laughs) so Greek mythology. Let's hear about it. Yeah. So in Greek mythology, the Gorgons are three sisters. Medusa is one of them. The other two have, I don't know, weird names. They're not famous like Medusa. They're supposedly immortal, but Medusa is not immortal. The other two are supposedly immortal. Medusa's like Hercules. Medusa, yeah, can barely be killed. She got killed by Perseus. Um, Just a little Greek mythology for you right there. Anyway, they have snakes for hair. All three of them. Hair snakes. Yeah. And do you think so, if you have hair snakes, do you think the snakes bite you? Also, how do the snakes poop? You know, I think... What I, okay. 
They don't bite you because they're part of your body. So, but they have their own brains, right? I don't know. No, I feel like you, you kind of control eyeballs? them. And they don't need to poop because you're pooping for them. We're all eating the same nutrients. So they're growing out of your brain. Yes, they're taking it from your bod, like tree branch. I'm glad we settled that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so doing my research in, in Wikipedia, in Greek mythology, and applying the context of the Gorgon Isle, this is my guess for who the Gorgons are. They're going to be three female personal bodyguards for Atalantia. They're going to be badass gold killers. I'm thinking like the Dora Milaje from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. That Wakanda Forever. That's what I'm talking about. Like very personal bodyguards that that destroy people. So you know how we had the Furies, mm-hmm. the three Furies? Mm-hmm. What if he had a fuck ton of daughters and this is three another set of three, like the <laughs> Furies, but they're called the, the Gorgons. Gorgons? Oh, that's kind of interesting. So like younger grimaces. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I like that. That could definitely be be something right I there. I mean, I assume he had a lot of kids. I would assume we would have heard about other grimaces if there were, but maybe not. Well, we we know that goals kind of hoard their children That's and hide true. them away. Yeah. Like the rim peeps thought that Cassius had other brothers that they that weren't killed. Right. So you never know. That's a good theory. I like it. Thanks. I like yours, too. Okay. So that's who we think the Gorgons are. Uh, last big question. Who the fuck is the person that got to the sneak peek chapter, and why have they not contacted us directly? <laughs> <laughs> Pierce literally threatened their life. Did you read that post? If you're out there and you're listening to this, I need you to email me. No, don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> How have we not even been like, I was the person, though? Because they know they'd get harassed oh, by man. you. <laughs> I'm not like, I don't get mad about spoilers, but I also, I'm not seeking them out. I love spoilers. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like way ahead of theories. <laughs> All right. Talking about theories. And by the way, this is called Ben's Conspiracy <laughs> Corner because I'm the type of person who just lets things happen without you know, thinking about what could happen ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Ben, however, is way more intellectual and, and he's, he's thought of every scenario possible <laughs> that could ever happen. <laughs> I'm just going to let it happen to me. I like to think about it, but I also, it's very important that we talk about having correct expectations for the story. It's the author's story. Like I'm very big on that. Like I understand, I'm speculating here and like things I want to see and just trying to take things away from what I've read. But if the story goes in a completely different direction, as long as it makes sense for what Pierce is writing, I'm going to be happy with it. So this isn't like a checklist of what I think needs to happen or anything like that. This is just your This is just me taking the context of the story and trying to figure out where it's going to go. This is Ben at 2 a.m. not being able to fall asleep, <laughs> thinking about what could possibly yes. happen in Dark Because Age. I hate people that get mad about stories not going the way that they think they should. Yeah. It's, oh, like that stuff pisses me off 
Right, like you're not the one write your own story if you care that much. Exactly, like it's not your story; it's the author's story. I think we all need to be that way. Like trust in Pierce. Like Pierce is a good writer; he's brought us this far. In Pierce, we trust. Yes, exactly, and he will he will tell us a good story. So this is just me just trying to connect dots from from reading these books obsessively. (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump into Ben's conspiracy corner. Ben's conspiracy corner. I'm gonna put on like my. John Mulaney. Oh, I've got like a crystal ball and like a very pointy hat on right now. I thought you were being John Mulaney. Who's John? uh, Oh, what am I doing? What did John Mulaney do? Ben's conspiracy corner. (laughs) I don't know his voice. (laughs) You can do a John Mulaney voice for Ben's conspiracy corner. I like that. Okay, first conspiracy, and I got into this a little bit earlier. I believe the syndicate is working with the society, namely. I think the syndicate helped supply the hollow of Darrow, deciding to destroy the Ganymede docks to Dido, and they are working with the society to take down the Republic. And by the way, Ben, when he says society, he means the golds who believe in the hierarchy. Right. Like the former, the society, not the new Republic. Yes. Just Republic, good guys, society, bad guys, syndicate, gangsters. (laughs) <laughs> maybe we don't know who they are <laughs> they could be pixies okay so my evidence for this is oslo he's a white he's the guy that was the go-between uh between ephraim and the people that he was stealing artifacts for which ended up turning out to be the duke of hands and the syndicate yes so oslo was the person he was the broker that was like setting up ephraim with these jobs we meet him at the beginning when Ephraim gives him the razor from Selenius. And then we hear about him again when the Duke of Hands is like, I know who Oslo is. Exactly. So, And then it is mentioned by the Duke of Hands that Oslo has connections to the Opion Guild, which is a guild of whites. They're like legal people, it seems like, because that's kind of what whites do. They like do legal stuff. They uphold the law. Yeah, they're like judges and stuff. They like write contracts Okay. Shit like that. Right. Um, they also say really cool speeches before the golds do Iron Reigns. Also, he has white eyeballs. How weird would that like? Are you sure? Yeah. They, like Ephraim talks about it. Really? Yeah. Like he has. Wait, is it all white just with a pupil? Yeah. Like a round pupil or like a goat pupil? <laughs> I'm assuming it's round, but it would be extremely weird to look at. I remember when I was younger, like when when those weird contacts first came out, you mm-hmm, know, like vampire ones. people were wearing like all white contacts with though just the people. It was so weird. What people? Where'd you go to school? Just like teenagers in the early 2000s. <laughs> I'm old, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. So he has connections to the Ophion Guild. The Duke of Hands talks about that. So, and then later on, we find out a broker of the Ophion Guild is mentioned by Dido as offering the hollow to her, the hollow that Serafina goes and gets. Okay. That's why she sends Serafina out to get it. Possibly, is that Oslo that's doing that? Could be. And then, at the end of the book, when Mustang and Ephraim, they're like negotiating over the terms of Ephraim going back and getting the children, he's trying to get the full pardon for Volga, and they're like, we're going to write a contract up, an agreement or whatever. Uh, Mustang's like, I'll have the Ophion Guild write us up these terms. 
Ephraim's like, no, don't use the Op- the Opion Guild. They're they're with the they're with the syndicate. Syndicate. That's mm-hmm. right. I remember that. Yes. Also, so, can I say that Oslo is the capital of Norway, and <laughs> Norway it snows a lot and it's white. Wow. Maybe that's it's all connected. And that's what I was thinking about the whole time you were talking. <laughs> really great. Thanks. I'm here for you. <laughs> You're the best co-host ever. <laughs> So, so we know that Oslo, at least, right. with Ophion Guild, is with Syndicate. Right. So there's connections there. I'm connecting some dots. Let me continue. Okay. We're getting deep. This is Ben's grand conspiracy. We're now to the core of the earth. We're going to keep <laughs> digging to China. I told you I'm taking you to Conspiracy Corner. Okay. Okay. First, there. It's almost. This is almost in fact. I feel like ninety nine point nine percent true. What well, kind of has to be? There is a traitor in the citadel, for sure. Like within the at least one traitor close to the Augustus household, right? Okay, so one character that I am extremely skeptical of, that I do not see anyone else talking about at all, is Holiday T Nakamura. Which I disagree with. <laughs> Aaron is not happy when I told him. I'm her about this. a holiday fan. Continue, Ben. I will continue. So a lot of these things I'm like kind of my evidence for why I think Holiday could possibly be the traitor. I don't think she is, but she is a, a candidate in my opinion. Is that a lot of these things I apply to Sefi and a lot of people are jumping um, on Sefi. Jumping on jumping on Sefi, but they're not also taking into account that a lot of the same information applies to Holiday and some some even more uh, sketchy stuff Holiday's doing as well. Okay. First of all, just to apply a little context, she is a known spy. She was a spy originally for the Sons from within the society. So we know she's capable of it, right? Uh, that makes her able to do it. Spy also, worthy. if we want to talk motivation... Her brother, needlessly killed, possibly, on a mission to save Darrow. What if she's playing a long game? Okay, next. We know that one of the Howlers had to have leaked the information about the secret peace offering by the Ash Lord. Mm -hmm. It has to be a Howler, because, I mean, Darrow and Severo talk about They have everyone up in that room. They said, somebody in here leaked this info. And Darrow's even thinking in his inner monologue. He's saying out loud, I trust all of you. And he's thinking, except one. Right. And then, Holiday, she's a howler, just like Sefi. So, that's two things. Next thing, she decides not to go with Darrow and the howlers on their mission, just like Sefi. Possibly so she continue spying at the Citadel? I don't know. Maybe. Her job is to stay at Citadel and spy. She's not going to go on that mission with Daryl. She would normally be ride or die in that situation. But both women are justified in staying as well. True. I'm just saying. This is just context. Okay. Next clue. And this is my biggest. This is the biggest one. Okay. When Lyria takes Sophocles out to do his little poo thing because he's got issues or whatever. His issues aren't with pooing. His issues are with attacking birds. Right. And they're looking at his poo. He doesn't have diarrhea. He's trying to figure out why. Jamfield pops up. For holiday? 
and she looks on, sees a gray talking to a copper. Elyria sees a gray and a copper with a jam field. Yeah, she well, she hears the jam field pop up, looks over, sees a gray that the description fits Holiday, and then she's talking to a copper, and then Lyria uh, runs inside. And after they stop talking, after the two people stop talking, and she runs into Holiday. Yes, I okay. remember that. So, who is the copper that she's talking it to? Is it Publius, Q, Caraval, our senator? That's a possibility. Another possibility, and this is from a Reddit theory that I was deep into last night. I found pretty interesting. They use a lot of this and line it up with uh, Cephi. But I think a lot of it actually lines up better with Holiday. This copper is Cedric. He is the steward of House Augustus, former steward of House Loon. Oh, right. They kept him. That they kept around. Right. Oh, they come back from at the beginning of the book and he's there to greet them. Still saying Dominus. Dominus and ten he's years like, oh, later, sir. still saying Dominus because he still believes in the society. Possibly, I see. And so he's a steward. This theory is from Iron Cena. I got to give him credit because that's a really good, really good idea. Um, anyway, so he could possibly be the copper that Holiday is talking to. What if they're, you know, they're conspiratorially talking about possibly schedules for the children or. Uh, anything like that. So this is it. This copper could still be loyal to the society. He's been in the household. He has access to the information that the syndicate would need to yeah. uh, be able to kidnap the children. We've also got Holiday, who let's let's talk about this. She was also the person. She was also on the bridge with Darrow when the docks of Ganymede were destroyed, just like Sefi. Yes. So they were both there. And there's an interesting quote uh, from Morningstar. So this is Darrow. They're talking about like Romulus, basically. And he says, and who will tell them? I look around the bridge, and who will tell him? I look to Holiday. If anyone sends a signal out, shoot them in the head. Wipe the video memory from the whole ship. So Holiday was in charge of wiping the video off of the ship. Or blowing people's heads off. And now there's a video? And she didn't blow her own head off. And now there's a video, Holiday? That's a really good point. <laughs> so so why why didn't she wipe the video? Well, I'm just saying she or could have had access there? to it and, and you know, taken, her, taken it off the system and then erased it and kept it for herself for down the line if she's playing this long game that I feel like she's playing. Or could one of the other blues somehow have I mean, gotten the video before she wiped it? It would be a, I mean, it would be a character that we've never met before. Right. That would just be popping up with like, hey, I've, I've got the hollow from the <laughs> ship. So I feel like it's got to be somebody we know. It's like, hey, I didn't explode all over the controls <laughs> yeah. like all the other blues. So I just thought that was interesting. So what if she's working with Cedric, the house steward, also... She's had the video, could have supplied it to the syndicate. So we've got this grand conspiracy where we've got traitors inside the Citadel working with the syndicate and the society to cause disarray 
and dysfunction within the Republic in order to bring it down from the inside. Last point. Okay. Greys literally have loyalty bred into their genes. Like they are bred to be loyal as shit. And we think about Holiday being uber loyal to Darrow. Always, right? right? But what if the great twist is that she was always loyal to the society? Then why would she rescue him from the cell, from the box? I think that she she would have had to have... I mean, it's it's all has to turn on Trigg's death. Like, Trigg was obviously very into the rising. So his enthusiasm for the rising and his verve to go do that could have brought Holiday along for the ride just because she wants to protect him. She always wanted to protect him. So what if she, her idea is, fine, I'll, I don't really believe in the rising, but I'll go along with it because my brother is way into it. And then it ends up getting him killed. Splattered on the, the hillside. He's still splattered on the side of the mountain. No, he's not. <laughs> like, at least an avalanche has come and washed him away. At least. <laughs> and she's pissed, and she starts plotting the long, long game against Darrow. I'm just saying, it's a possibility. Also, 10 years, like, his body's not there anymore. <laughs> you gotta stop saying that. I think... It's a stronger theory than Sefi, personally. And I don't see a lot of people talking about it. I've actually never seen anybody talk about it. Well, I think it's because we like Holiday so much. Well, yeah, we trust and her. And she's got a badass pixie haircut. Right. And I don't mean pixie as Pierce says pixie. I mean, like, an actual pixie haircut. <laughs> I don't want this to be true. I'm just saying there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that could point to this theory. And I think it's a better theory than Sefi one. Just personally, that's probably because it's mine. Also, there's something going on with that Jamfield conversation. Like, we would not have seen it if there wasn't something weird going on there. Yes, that's true. You know? And then we don't get any more information about that or why she's having that conversation. There's really, like, no reference to it whatsoever for the rest of the book. I think you make really good points. I just would like to say that I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about other people that could possibly be traitors within the citadel okay first up Sefi is like a huge one on the internet boards um everyone she's much more like syndicate queen than actual traitor to the society but also well people kind of see her anger against darrow and all the golds mm-hmm. for all the obsidians dying she mentions over and over how like in the Iron Rain and everything, mostly obsidians are the ones who are expended. Yep. They're put at the front because they're the best fighters, so therefore more of them die. Right. And she's war-weary, and she's just like, I don't want to see all my people get slaughtered for the Republic Right. when she feels like her people are still owed like a basically like a sanctuary because of how they've been treated... Right. Throughout history. Yep. Her motivation is protecting her people, which is a... A A good one. A good one. And she's in a lot of the same spots that we talked about with Holiday. She was at the destruction of the docks at Ganymede. Pretty wowed by that whole thing. Yeah. Well, she was wowed by the docks 
right. before they were destroyed. Right. Uh, so, you know, that definitely had an impact on her. So, uh, and, and she was also could have been at the peace talks as well. I think though with the reason I don't think it's Seppi is because all she has to do to not support the golds is to just say she doesn't. And all the obsidians right. for the most part of are following her. Right. So she could turn the whole tide of the war if she wanted to cause chaos, all she has to do is pull the obsidians and then like everyone else dies. Yep. So that's, I just feel like she has no reason to be sneaky because she has so much power. Yeah, I agree. I don't, and I just don't see her as as a sneaky type. No. You know, she's not a schemer. She's definitely a silent type. Right. (laughs) But the silence isn't sneaking. It's just. No, it's like. Strong silence. Strong. And. She's clearly a quick learner mm-hmm. and she's very smart and everything. But I don't think that you can go from the ice and then jump into being syndicate queen. Yeah. Or playing like political games, like being. Yeah. That's, I don't think mole. that's, I think you have to kind of be raised in that. I don't right. think you just like have that in your nature. And ultimately, this trader would, I, I just feel like they would have to be working for the society and. The Ash Lord and Atalanta. Right. The Syndicate and Queen might not be. Syndicate Queen could not be connected of, to them. Well, the, he or she, the Queen might not be even the top of their power structure. Right. Like they could be working for the Ash Lord or for even for the Rim or something. And not know it. Yeah. That's interesting. But I just feel like she would never help out the society. Like she would never help out the Golds. No. So I don't see her as a traitor. Other Next possible step? traitors. Uh, I had written down Doxo, and this one is just is, okay. I'll put a little context on this. So I'm, I'm like, no, <laughs> he's mysterious. He's kind of an enigma. He is weird. He's not. He was never like super into democracy, and still isn't. Like he, him and Victor, democracy with a K. With a K. Him and Victor still like talk a lot of shit on democracy. Yeah. In their meetings, he always seems like he's up to something. Plus, he's a gold, so you really never, you never really trust gold. My last piece of evidence is when, um, at the end of Morningstar, when Octavia thinks that she's won, basically, uh-huh. she's like, uh, tell them on, they t- say like the telemonuses are out there or whatever. She's like, kill them all except let let Doxo live. Like, keep, try and keep Doxo alive if you can. And oh, I feel really? Like, yeah. I feel like she says that because she thinks that maybe she can get to him or right. he would still, you know, approve of being part of the society. So I mean, he's okay. just like not a real believer also, in democracy. Also, his sister says about him like he was never interested in playing their games as kids, which mm-hmm. reminds me of the Jackal right. and Mustang. Yep. But with all that being said... I don't think he would ever do anything to endanger Pax. So agreeing to a kidnapping plan seems really far-fetched for him. And endangering his father. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Sophocles. Yeah. So I, I think that... I don't. I think it's a possibility, but I don't, I don't think it's a very good one. Um, next, next up... Quicksilver. This is a definite possibility. Quicksilver, I think... This one's... Okay. I don't think any of these are good because I'm not good at, at sneaky stuff. But 
Quicksilver especially would be weird for me because he he's the one who started the rising. True. He's he was before Ares. Right. He recruited Fitchner. So it's like, why would you do all of this to break everything down just to like then kill the rising? Because he wants to be in charge and he just wants to be a a capitalist. And I feel like he's getting starting to get pissed about the Vox Populi and you know the the compromises that the republic has to make but okay he i mean he's been sitting pretty his whole life oh, yeah i mean he already was rich and had a huge place with all the museum stuff and everything why would you like throw that all away and give everything you have to the rising if then you you just want your power back i yeah. don't know that doesn't make sense to me for well, him. Well, he's become more powerful since the rising happened. Right. And I'm saying he could if he continues and you know gets rid of the republic, then he could be the ultimate power. So I mean, and it, and I feel like he's got enough ambition for that. I don't really think it's Quicksilver. I'm just he, I think mean, right. like I'm just trying to play devil's don't advocate you think and throw so? it out there. Like people like Quicksilver, Dancer, Mustang, don't you think if the Republic was overthrown that they wouldn't like end up on top if the society rose back up? Because like, wouldn't they be the first type of people to be crushed well, under maybe, the new society? Maybe he doesn't want the society or the Republic. Maybe he just wants something completely different. You know. I also think for someone who makes their money off of uh, capitalism and uh well, big birthday parties. No, he doesn't make money. Off <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't want chaos and destruction. You want a stable yeah. society so that you can keep making money. Yep. The only other little piece of evidence that I think might point to Quicksilver are the, we talked about this last pod, the robot birds possibly yeah. that are spying in the Citadel. Sophocles is attacking the birds. So we've got Sophocles attacking the birds. My theory is that these birds are robots and that they're spying. So they could actually just be, there could be no singular person that's spying and we've just got these robots spying or these birds Well, we spying. know that it's not Augustus because he, first of all, is dead. Second of all, he's terrified of robots. Right, but who's into robots? Quicksilver, he fucking loves robots. He does love robots. Yeah. Do you so. know who else loves robots? Elon Musk. <laughs> really? Does he? He has to. <laughs> you think he has, I didn't know. I thought he's more into spaceships. Don't you think he's also into robots? I'm sure he is. My point is, it's probably Elon <laughs> Musk. That's my best theory. <laughs> he did just like send a car to Mars or something like that, right? Um, okay. Next up, we well, have yeah. Last last one. I don't think this one's very big chance either. But it's Theodora, and right. a lot of people have said this because she's like a person of the society who knows a lot of secrets already. She was always like Darrow's number one person to kind of teach him how to fit in with society because she has so many connections. So right. everyone, I think, suspects her because of her connections. Right. Yeah, she's a rose. So they're always hard to read. Like they're they're very they're masters of body language and talking and to people. And the Duke of and, Hands was right. clearly a rose. Yep. So maybe they're all roses. Yep. She's a master spy. I mean, basically, she's James Bond. So 
Uh, Without the venereal disease. <laughs> so I think that makes her capable of being the mole within the Citadel, but I don't think that she is or has any real motivation to be. I just think that she has the skills capable to do it. That makes her a candidate but in our she, lineup. She might be one of the Dukes, not necessarily a syndicate queen. Long I, also, well, this I think, is, this I think is, Theodora loves Darrow, and Darrow has right. saved her life multiple times. Right. So why would she betray him? Well, I'm not, yeah, and I'm not talking about her as like, I don't, I'm not talking, I'm just talking about her being a traitor and not necessarily a syndicate queen. Um, okay. So those were all of our speculations slash speculations we've read on the internet from all of you. What do you think of Ben's Conspiracy Corner? If you have any thoughts, please. It reminds me of like Blue's Clues, <laughs> Blue's Clues Corner, <laughs> but in a weird way. Please hit robots. me up with some emails or some DMs. I would love to, to talk. If you've got your own theories, hit me up. Let's talk. And Ben would actually like you to call him. <laughs> yeah, call me. Uh, all right. Now that we are done with Theory Talk, Ben's Conspiracy, Ben's Conspiracy Corner. Corner. We're going to move on to our prime predictions. Prime five predictions for Dark Age. <laughs> five of our favorite predictions <laughs> from this week's not book yet. <laughs> all right. This that is called where, that's called improv. Yep. This is where we all... Ha- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> all right. This is where we have to lay it all on the line and make a real prediction for what happens in Dark Age. We're making decisions. We're making decisions. All right. So first question, Aaron, do we find out who Tungless is? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. If yes, who is he? He is... I don't fucking know. He is Ragnar's uncle. Ragnar's uncle? His uncle. Nice. Okay. Because he's his smaller uncle from the small side of the family. I got you. Ben, yes or no? And if yes, who? I do believe that we find out who Tungless is and that Tungless is who he says he is. He doesn't say anything. He's a guard from Deep Grave. That's it. That's, That's it. it. After your whole conspiracy corner. <laughs> I think he's telling the truth. You're just like, that's it on Tongueless? Yep. Why is he more petite than the other obsidians? Two, why is he so refined? If you're a guard in Deep Grave and that's all you are, why would you be acting like a gold and be refined and have your pinky up? When you're sipping your tea, he is who he says he is. Okay, that's lame. <laughs> He's definitely somebody, and I'm excited for when somebody realizes he can write, <laughs> and they have him write it down. Yeah, I still don't understand that. And the dog, right? He can't just be a guard. He has a dog, Ben. Okay. Next question: Who is the Syndicate Queen? I think that it is. Somebody we haven't met yet. New character? New character. Okay. Who do you think it is? I'm going to go with Atalantia. Cool. Do you, are you going to back that up? No, actually, I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go with Lilith. Oh, right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about Evie? You're going to switch it again? I don't think Evie has any motivation to 
Where has she been? That's, I don't know. She, she, she didn't die, did she? She flew away. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have <laughs> wings anymore. You dipshit. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. All right. Okay. Next question. Is Cassius alive? We both are going to say yes to this, I, I think. Okay. So the real question is, if you think he's alive, when does he come back? Does he come back in Dark Age? If he comes back in Dark Age, at what point in the book does he return? Or do we not see him in Dark Age? This is what I think. Okay. Darrow and Lysander are going at it. Mm-hmm. Cassius shows up. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> he screamed at me. <laughs> Cassius shows up with Diomedes. Mm. And they're buddies now because they're both like super good at fighting. And Cassius now has another new arm for some reason. <laughs> I don't think he lost an arm. No, he has three arms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he shows up when, and Diomedes is obviously going to go against Darrow, mm-hmm. and Cassius has to betray both Lysander and Diomedes or not. He has to make that decision, mm. and that's a big dramatic moment. Is, is Cassius going to defend Darrow, who's about to die, and right. save him? Or is he going to stick with Lysander and Diomedes? Wow. So you think he basically enters at like the climax of the book? Just at the climax of their fight, wherever it happens. Okay. Of, by there, I mean Darrow and Lysander's fight. Okay. Which we know is going to happen because Pierce told us in the description. We don't know if they're going to fight one-on-one. No, I mean they're like forces or they're, right. they're, they're peeps are going to fight. Okay. What, what do you think? I think Cassius is alive. Uh, what did you say? I, I think Cassius is alive. Oh. Obviously. And then I think he comes back at the very end of the book. Of like, this book? Yeah. Like, I think he's like last page. He's like, Cassius. Oh, I'm like, ah. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, do you know what I think? I have another theory. Okay. I think a lot I of love how you, now you're getting in on <laughs> theories. <laughs> what if we don't hear anything but we hear like whispers of Cassius mm-hmm. and then we never get an answer and we're back here in this moment a year from now before the next book wondering if the person we're whispering about is actually in fact Cassius. That would be kind of fun. I do think he's going to have a dramatic entrance at the very end of the book. Do you like my three arm theory? <laughs> I just came up with it. Put a pin in that one. Okay. (laughs) Next on our Prime 5, we know that there are going to be duels because Pierce said it in a comment to someone. Mm -hmm. Someone was like, you write great duels. And Pierce was like, boy, are you going to love Dark Age? And then everyone was like, what does that mean? (laughs) Tell us more. All right. Fearless leader. So who do you think, Ben? Who do you think is going to duel? Okay. This is my prediction for a duel. Atalantia versus Thraxa. Oh. Because they've already fought once. Beast ladies. And Atalantia. Wait, remind me. They they fought fought. like sometime in between Dark Age and, I mean, sorry, Iron Gold and Morningstar, like during the wars. Because there's, that's how Thraxa lost her arm. Oh. Atalantia cut it off. I see. But Kavox cut off Atalantia's leg. So they're all bionic, so including Cassius. Kavox and, and Thraxo were fighting Atalantia. What I'm saying is I think we're going to get Atalantia 
Thraxa, Mono, Woman, Womano, uh, Womano. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's Mono, Mono. Mono. <laughs> I just feel like we've got a lot of winter soldiers here and with the arms. Yeah. There's a lot of them. It's a thing. So that's why I'm like, why not have three arms? You know the lady? <laughs> You're still on three arms. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know Mortal Kombat? Yes. The woman with the four tits and the four arms? I think she just had two tits and four arms. I think she had four <laughs> tits. The version <laughs> I was playing. I'm not sure about that. Like the early 2000s, like OG Nintendo, Super Nintendo? Like on top of each other, like stacked boobs? Like boob, 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 arm, 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 arm. Really? I don't remember that. Finish her. Well, I mean, Goro, yeah, he did. I guess he did have two chests, kind of. He was the guy with four I thought, arms. I thought someone had four tits. There was a girl with, with four arms. Yes. There are two characters with four okay. arms. Okay. That's my reasoning okay. <laughs> for <laughs> if you're going to be Winter Soldier <laughs> with like a strong arm, because right. they talk about Thraxa catching uh, Hatchet Face's sword before she strikes right. half breed down. Yes. I refuse to call them their real <laughs> names. <laughs> Winter Soldier. Yes. I forgot my point. <laughs> Three arms. You're saying, I don't know, you're shitting on my duel, I think. I was shitting on your duel because <laughs> what. I I want to see a duel for sure with Alexander and Diomedes. Oh wow. I don't think that's going to end well for Alexander. But he's one of, he isn't he one of Lauren's peeps? Yeah, I mean, Gen, Jen's Lorne. <laughs> Jen's Lorne, yeah. Arcos, Jen's Arcos. That's that's a good point. You <laughs> <laughs> would use his last name. <laughs> I think Alexander as much of a pixie as he is, is probably a great fighter. He is a really great fighter. He was like untouched the entire battle with right. the Ash Lord. And I think that he and Diomedes, that'd be a great fight. And guess who's on the sidelines? Cassius, Darrow. Wow. And Lysander. Lysander. Yeah. Interesting. That would be that would be pretty cool. And whoever like. wins, wins the society. <laughs> I feel like Diomedes is going to, it was pretty scary to go up up against in a duel. But we don't we haven't seen Alexander fight just cuz he's That's true. puking and stuff. Right. He's the one who pukes. Well, okay. So we've got Alexander versus Diomedes. That's a pretty good matchup. Thraxa versus Atlantia. Warhammer on Razor. I mean, that's pretty cool. You wouldn't Bionic arm versus Bionic leg. You don't think they'd both use the same weapon? Well, Thraxa favors a hammer. Mm. Power hammer. Yeah, I'm going to opt out of that fight. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about death, baby. Who's singing now? <laughs> okay, All who right. dies? Who dies? And is it a main character? Is it someone we don't actually care about? Okay. I would argue that Pierce doesn't actually kill his main characters. He doesn't actually kill... Have you learned nothing? He doesn't actually kill characters that he really loves. Y are you saying he doesn't love Ragnar and Pax? No, I th he does. But I'm just saying, like, the deaths have been impactful. But... To me personally. They are not... They're like... It's kind of a trick. It's not like, you know, like... It's not like Darrow or Severo or somebody like that is dying... 
in every book. Well, it's a character that, like we had talked about, we wanted more of Ragnar. We didn't really get a whole lot of him. We got like a book, you know. But think about what we learned from Game of Thrones. That's also a trick. But you no, you can be the most important person. <coughs> no spoilers, and still die at the at the very end of the book. <laughs> uh, it's still a trick. That's that's the whole thing with Game of Thrones is he hid a classic fantasy narrative inside this story uh, where you're trying to figure out what's going on for the first however long it's going on. But if you're actually looking at the story as a whole, it's pretty straight, straightforward fantasy stuff. Like John is a classic fantasy character. Bastard, born, lowborn. He just hides him within a story with other characters that you're expecting to be the heroes. But John was always the hero. And so I'm saying Pierce does a similar thing, not that's a little bit different, but he he doesn't really kill his main characters. And so all the people not out the there game changers. Right. All the people out there that think Darrow's gonna die, I disagree. If he's gonna die, it's gonna be at the very end of the books. Okay. I think that Dancer is going to die. Dancer. My guess for dying a person that dies is Alexander. Pick someone we care more about. I think you're going to care about Alexander a lot by the time he dies. Do you think he's going to die in the duel that I just talked about? No, I think he's going to die in a situation where he's being extremely badass and you're just like cheering him on, cheering him on. He's having another situation where he's like toasting through people in battle. And then then the jackal sticks him with a needle and he goes paralyzed and gets his head chopped off. Exactly. Like Daryl's going to be admiring him and it's just going to be one of those situations where He's like cutting through people and then it's like he like looks up and it's like (gasps) and then he's got a razor sticking out of his chest. And and do you know who it is? Apollonius. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And Daryl's going to look him right in the eye and then he's just going to be like so sad and then he's going to see that it was Apollonius that did it and he's going to rage fucking going to rip his head off. He's going to rage into the (laughs) night. That is my prediction. If you want me to do a bigger prediction than that. I would say if anybody's going to die, like main character wise, it's got to be Severo. What? <laughs> How dare you? I don't I don't think that that's going to happen at all. I just explained why I don't think that's going to happen. Well, one one thing that protects Ephraim, who I don't know why he's still alive, because he definitely was like about to die. Not why, but how. You got to get over that. I'm sorry. I think he's dead. <laughs> I, just, I, I just, I think he's dead. I, we can't continue with this. He's a point of view character. So my, what the point I was about to make was we know like Ephraim, Lyria, Darrow, Mustang, Lysander. We know that they're not dying, at least at the beginning of the book, because they're all point of views. Yeah, we're going to have to see And then if story. they do die, then we lose that point of view. Yes. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> Unless they go to the veil, and then then we finally see Eo, who's definitely dead and definitely not. <laughs> I do think Daryl dies, but I think it's going to be at the end of the series, and I don't think it's going to be in Dark Age. That would be some bullshit. I hate when main. I hate when like the main character dies, like Harry Potter. <laughs> You're such a. You need like a a happy go lucky ending so bad. There's a reason I love <laughs> Pixar movies. <laughs> I feel like what if it's a situation where like Mustang has to make a ter- like has to make the hardest decision to have like Darrow like put down or something like that. Ooh. 
If it's Mustang or Jero. Like the betterment of the Republic. I don't know. That's tough. What if she has to like kill Daryl to preserve his dream? EO's dream. Yes. Not his dream. Yeah, EO's dream. Let's give EO credit. All that right. was a lot of speculation. Who's your who did you choose? I chose Dancer and you skipped uh, you're like, cool. <laughs> Dancer's boring. Why is Dancer gonna die? I don't know. I you you told me to pick someone. <laughs> I picked Dancer. <laughs> Pick someone better. Pick someone better. Victra. Wow. That is that's a tough one. I think Victra would definitely die before Severo. Yeah. And it'd be like a That would definitely lead to Severo's death, if so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be like a she gives birth to the other girl. They're probably having another girl because that's how things go. And she like can't I don't know something happens and then it's a, a real emotional scene where it's like Severo the new baby and Victor bleeding out from being attacked somehow and I bet Lyria kills her or something. It sounds awful. <laughs> you told me to make a bigger <laughs> prediction. I think I think Victor dying is better than Severo dying. Yeah, not I mean true. Even though pregnancy armor is super fucking cool. Let's just let's preserve all of our. I'm gonna have four. nightmares tonight. We gotta preserve the main four. I think the personally, I think Darrow, Severo, Victra, Mustang all make it to the end of the series. Dude, they better. I don't know. You might need a new coast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? Let's do this quick. I'm into Big Little Lies. It's fucking awesome. I love season two. It's a TV show on HBO. TV show on HBO. Great cast. Reese Witherspoon is so hot. And She's also like 40. I don't care. She's uh, older than that, right? She's like yeah, 50. Probably. She care. is really hot. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> We're basically friends. <laughs> and she's a great actress. And um, I just really enjoy I'm enjoying Meryl Streep a lot. Do you know she's who's hot? Awesome. Meryl Streep. Do you know who, who's good at singing? Also, Meryl Streep. Man, she is like the devil it's the last in season two. Midnight. If you're not watching it, it's great. Anyway, check it out. Season Big two. Little Big Do Little Eyes. Do you know what Lies. I'm into? What? I'm into a singer-songwriter. His name is Tyler Ramsey. Yeah. Ben and I just saw him live here in Kansas City. Um, he's amazing live. He's super hairy and... <laughs> I love hairy dudes. <laughs> By hairy, I mean he has very long, gorgeous. He's got like Jesus, long yeah, brown hair. Jesus yeah, look. he's definitely got a Jesus, white a white Jesus, Jesus. White Jesus. <laughs> a white Jesus look. <laughs> um, big beard, long, beautiful brown hair. He just had an album come out called "For the Morning." For the morning, and he's amazing live, and I, I uh, would highly recommend him for easy listening. It's like good, like chill driving music mm-hmm. um i definitely it's like folk kind of like folk alternative type stuff but like chill yeah soups mm-hmm. chill soups tyler chill. ramsey and big little lies there's two seasons out yes season two has been awesome though that's the one i'm i'm more into i feel like it's gotten better all right next are, week next week we're doing mailer bag Mailer bag means we have had a lot of people sending questions for us that we're going to answer, but you still have time. Still have time. Send in more questions. Yep. We'll be recording sometime next week. We're going to release this podcast on Monday, the, I don't know, what is it? The 15th? 
Uh, yeah, Monday the 15th, and we'll probably record sometime later in the week. So if you're listening to this right now and it's like Wednesday, you can still send us a question. And by the 15th, he means July. July 15th, sorry, yeah. Um, also, we've asked a lot of questions about our speculations in this episode, so feel free to tell us what you think, and we'll also include that in the next episode. Yeah, make sure you trash all of Aaron's theories and praise all of mine. I didn't really have any. <laughs> <laughs> You got you a little frisky there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> three arm theory. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Pierce. I want to see three arms. Let's see it. Or four. I If we get four arms, though, I need four tits. <laughs> That's a given. You can't have four arms without four tits. <laughs> you have to. All right. Don't forget to follow us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us. Howlerpod at gmail.com. H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. Drop a review if you're feeling nice five stars I'm, I'm coming up with a threat oh we'll, we'll stick a third arm on you <laughs> i don't know no that'd be awesome <laughs> do you true. get so much more done we'll cut an arm do you know off. how many counters i could wipe down with three <laughs> arms why, why are you wiping down why is that what you're doing I was with three arms today. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> do you know how good you would be at uh i don't know disc golf <laughs> <laughs> you still can only use one. If you don't give us five stars, I'm going to kill you off in Dark Age. Oh, good one. All right. Yep. Drop a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. Tell somebody about Howler Pod or the Red Rising series. Let's get the word out. Thank you, Howlers. Omnisphere Lupus. Oh.